0: Well, hello everyone and welcome to season two of the 645 pod. This is a podcast that me and Anton have created uh, to help encourage the 645 community in their faith, but also to help encourage anyone who listens uh, to think about how we can interact with the Bible, live godly lives and think about, uh, yeah, the whole life of a Christian and be encouraged. Uh, my name is Simon. I'm an MTS apprentice here at Christchurch, and every week I am with Anton, who is the minister at 4645 and also works at Christchurch and my trainer. Um, so we are going to make a start on season two, um, and Anton's going to tell us about what our theme is for this season.
1: Yes, for this season we are looking at living for God. So if we have put our faith in God, if we've received forgiveness from Jesus and we've been saved, uh, to be his people, what will that look like in our lives? And at church, we're going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and Paul, uh, in the letter, instructs them how to live in order to please God. That's kind of our big aim as as Christian people, To uh, now that God has saved us and now that he has called us to be his people, how do we live for him? And so we're going to be looking at some big, uh, big topics in terms of how we live for God, um, and we are starting with... Porn. Oh, that's, now, you know, in terms of big topics in, <laughs> in living for God, that's, you know, that's a biggie. Yeah, so a nice, a nice
0: light start to season two, uh, but something I think will be really helpful because it's a really um, complicated and universal topic, really, that needs to be thought about and dealt with and talked about.
1: Great. So let's be praying that we'll be living for God as we think through these topics.
0: So, Anton, why have we picked, uh, yeah, this topic for the first episode of Season 2?
1: Well, for two reasons. Firstly, for Sundays Online, uh, I'm preaching on 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, which you, uh, depending on when you listen to this podcast, you might have heard or you will hear on Sunday. And it's looking at the issue of how we live for God. And for the Thessalonians, Paul writes, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. That is God wants you to be holy, his holy people. And Paul immediately goes on and says that you should avoid sexual immorality. And so for the Thessalonians, how they lived for God with their sexuality was uh, one of the big issues that Paul had to address. And I think that's similar for us. So you might be, um, so hello, if you're listening off the back of uh, Sundays online and uh, to hear more about this. but particularly the other reason is when pornography is part of your life as a Christian it can almost be the defining aspect of how you're going with the Christian faith it can kind of consume all that you think of how you relate to God uh, in terms of how you're going with with porn and so because it can have such a massive impact on how we see our faith uh, I thought it'd be really good to to kick off with um Mm -hmm. with this big topic.
0: Yeah, it has a massive impact and something that's often not talked about. You know,
1: kind of as a society,
0: they try to normalise. But I think as Christians, we kind of tend to sweep that one under the rug and kind of go, oh, let's just ignore that. That's a bit messy and complicated. We won't think about it. But actually, it's something that's important to talk about because it's actually quite a huge, pervasive uh, thing.
1: And it's also a really hard part of our lives to give over to god Mm -hmm. and we um might want to be holy in uh this area of our lives but it can be really Mm -hmm. hard to do it we can feel really powerless to Mm -hmm. do that and so hopefully talking about it and uh, thinking about it through god's word will will be helpful for us
0: yeah so speaking of how pervasive it is um we were doing some research and just looking generally at um point usage um and so i was having a look and so there's a few stats that we can have a look at. And so, for instance, a study was done in 29,000 um, North American universities. Sorry, when was it done? Sorry, not when it was done. Oh. A study was done with 29,000 students okay. in, in a university. law students. Uh, surveying their porn habits. When they were surveyed, up to 51% said they spend up to five hours watching porn per week. 11% of others of men um, said up to 5 to 20 hours and 2% said over 20 hours a week in porn. So that's 51% are looking at porn more than once a week pretty much. And these are university students, aren't they? Yeah, these are university students. So it's not like they don't students. have things to do. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have things to do. Um, and then in women, it's a lot lower. So 16% said they viewed up to 5 hours of porn a week. 1% Five to twenty, and one percent over twenty.
1: But it certainly goes to show that it's not just a male issue. Mm. So I think when um, I was when I was going through uni, it was particularly seen as a male issue. Whereas I think now there's you know that's a, still a significant number of women who are spending a lot of time watching porn. Mm. And before you think, oh, this is just a young person's problem. I read a statistic the other day that uh, again, this is men, but um, if. About 80% of young adults um, view porn at least once a month. 50% of 50 to 68-year-olds, so people in their 50s and 60s, men in their 50s and 60s, half of them would view porn at least once a month as well. So it's not just a young person's problem, uh, but it's much more mm. prolific throughout society. Mm.
0: And more than that, it's not just a, a non-Christian person problem. So some stats in terms of Christians and porn usage. Um, in a study done in the US in 2014, 64% of self-identified Christian men and 15% of self-identified Christian women view pornography at least once a month, compared to non-Christians, the stat is pretty similar. So 65% of non-Christian men view porn once a month and 30% of Christian women. So higher in non-Christian women. But like for for Christian men, the stat is almost exactly the same, whether you're Christian or not.
1: It shows just how prolific and how seductive uh, porn is to people. Even if um, like many Christians will know it's wrong, but it's hard to resist it. And also it goes completely against our permissive culture Mm. you know if we think of um uh if we go with the culture's worldview of well let's seek pleasure and go with what uh, feels good and do all that we can to do what each individual wants to do then pornography fits right into that to go oh look here's a way of getting pleasure Mm. and i can get it for myself i don't need anyone else um around um no one else needs to know um and so in some ways why should i resist should, you know it's yeah. so, so accessible yeah and it's so
0: normalized as well in all of the media that we consume it's kind of just a like an assumed side comment that people say that like oh everyone watches porn and they kind of everything that you watch kind of normalizes the fact that people watch it and kind of they you don't know, often don't have any qualms about that. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, I was just watching porn or like It's just part of what people talk about in our culture as if it's a a normal fine thing.
1: But it's funny, society is starting to wake up and seeing the effects of porn use on on individuals and on society as a whole. Mm. Uh, And so it's in this kind of funny uh, you know, you see some of the articles, and uh, some of them are really permissive and going, "Oh, how do we, you know, use porn well?" Almost. Mm. To, uh, whereas other articles are going, "No, hang on, this is having a really negative effect on on relationships and on people's sex lives and mm. on society as a whole." Um, but that's obviously coming up against the mm. permissive, pleasure-seeking okay. uh, vibe of the culture. Mm. Simon, so, mean, what are some of those things that have been, uh, or some of the More broader effects of so we've seen how prolific it is Mm. what are some of those effects that we've seen yeah how how does it impact people yeah well it's just such a a huge range
0: of ways that it impacts people Um, one way that I found really fascinating looking at was the way it impacts the way you think about things so Mm. frequent porn users would be tend to be less supportive of any kind of women's rights would tend to be less Harsh on how you would, um, so they did a study on how long a prison term you would give someone who raped someone, and frequent porn users would do a significantly less jail term than someone who does not. Um, And so it has a really transformative effect on people's attitudes. Um, towards uh, sex and sexuality and and women.
1: Well, and partly because what happens is, uh, and we'll link to some of these resources later on, but with anything kind of, with that high pleasure hit, Mm. kind of like sugar or a drug, um, it does, rewire uh, your brain and how, how your brain thinks. And so part of, the big, uh, part of the big effect of pornography is it rewires your brain so that you think that, okay, the person that I'm watching, they are there purely for my pleasure mm. and they are willing to do whatever I want them to do. Yeah. And uh, they're there for me. But of course, as if you live in the real world uh, and you relate to real people that's not how relationships work you know people aren't just there to give you pleasure Mm. or if you're in a relationship you know your partner's not there just to give you pleasure Mm. but if you're watching porn that uh, your brain rewires to think no actually you're there for me Mm. and for my pleasure and so Mm. you should do whatever i want to give me pleasure yeah and yeah talking about the brain and
0: rewiring it's something that's become in recent years people have realized that actually this is something that's addictive like it has addictive qualities Similar to drugs, and does things to your brain in a similar way that drug addictions do. Like it changes the way your brain interacts with the chemicals it produces, um, and like actually functions like like cocaine in some ways. Like it has that that impact in the same way as it like re restructures your neurochemistry. Like it changes the way your brain works, and like it has. Like a physical impact on on your body chemistry, um, which is pretty fascinating as well.
1: Yeah, and like with all addictions, uh, the the high you get from from taking it is never. It always needs to be superseded. It Mm. needs to be bettered each time, and so that's why pornography is a big downward spiral in that, just like drugs are. And that you get to need that more and more, kind of extreme or. Um, explicit hit as you the longer you go and that obviously makes it harder to get out and so it it really affects uh, it particularly affects relationships how you view uh, the opposite sex or how you view relationships uh, to the point where it has it's you know studies are showing that it's having really damaging issues uh, impacts on how people relate to one another on people's people having sex and intimacy issues with when they get to with real people because it's not the same as what they see on the screen let alone of course the, the impact it has on the actors involved in the pornographic industry which is yeah. horrific which you know uh, which we need to take into consideration as well <laughs> uh, but for you it does actually have a big impact on on you if you're watching pornography regularly
0: yeah so there's a lot of stats you can find them all on the internet it's interesting to read but we won't spend the whole podcast on that if you want to look into it there's heaps there's an overwhelming amount of information to say this is this is pretty negative in what it does
1: and you know what i reckon if you're listening you already know that Mm. i think we're not telling you anything particularly new here uh i think what is the issue is okay yes that's all that's all bad i know it's bad for me but I know, what do I do about it? Mm.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about this when I was reading all this information, I was just kind of it's just list after list of things that are wrong bad consequences and that sort of thing and in some ways I actually found it not a very compelling argument so there's two kind of different ways you build ethical um, frameworks when you're thinking about things and so I think the way we talk about porn uses what's called consequentialism so the morality of this is defined by the outcome of the actions. So yeah, the consequences of, yeah, what? The consequences what, do you do? of what happens um, and actually that's quite an unconvincing mode to explain something like this because porn is actually such a a personal issue that deals with like your own desires and thoughts and self and it's emotional. And so coming at it with logical consequences just doesn't really help very much. So I was thinking about how if there's a Krispy Kreme donut in front of me and everyone likes to say they've got the same amount of fat as eating a whole pizza. And the fact is, I just don't care that the consequences is I'm putting that much fat in my body. I want to eat that Krispy Kreme donut and no amount of facts is going to change that desire. Yeah. So I think we need to think about how can we build a more compelling moral framework to think about porn that's not just all the consequences are bad. Because I think also, um, if you go from that perspective, it kind of paints out anyone who uses porn as a bit of a monster, right? Like it kind of says, you know, you have less respect for women, all of these things. Um, and so just going on consequences, kind of, if you're struggling with porn, might make you think, oh, this is me. I'm actually a, a monster. Like this is this is terrible um, and that's so unhelpful as well to kind of actually demonize someone who's struggling with porn rather than actually say yeah these consequences are really bad but we've got a better big moral framework that we can work within that this is only a part of of the discussion rather than the overwhelming thing that you leave people with after the discussion
1: yeah and that's right and then and that's part of why we're discussing it on a season where we're trying to live for God uh, because God gives us that bigger framework, that, that, that better story that we live our lives in. Mm. Uh, and so that, yes, it's not just, not just a rule that God gives saying not to do it. It's not just the bad consequences that are pointed out. But actually, we can find ourselves in the big story of the gospel mm. and uh, allowing that to have the power to transform our hearts and minds and bodies Mm. in this uh, in this regard yeah there's a, a theologian
0: who called kevin van hooser who um has written a lot on this he calls it living appropriately in the drama so rather than just building a moral framework on is it bad is it good have been told not to do it uh he talks about the idea of actually you get to know the story that you're in, the framework of the story, the characters of the story, and then you learn how to live appropriately within that story. So we get to know the gospel, we get to know God and who he is, and then we understand where our place is in the story and how we can act. And that's really helpful because it, it deals more with the, the gray area and the wisdom um, that is just how we live as people. Like Things aren't black and white, right and wrong all the time. Um, and so thinking about how we can live appropriately within the story that we are in, within God's narrative helps us to be to make wise decisions um, and to understand, um, yeah, things that maybe aren't dealt with directly in the Bible, but gives us a way to understand how the complicated grayness of life uh, can interact in this big grand story of of God's salvation.
1: Yeah. And so of course, with any story, it has a beginning and our bible uh, the bible story begins with god relating to his people and so we see in the garden of eden we've got this lovely picture of intimacy intimacy between god and people and people and, and men and women relating rightly to one another and uh, it's just a wonderful picture that we'd all kind of love to capture for our lives Mm. and so I think that's and so to start the story there helps us to go okay well pornography is an attempt to shortcut that interpersonal Mm. uh, intimacy with with one another Uh, someone has described porn as emotional junk food Mm. So they've already brought up donuts already But like if you you know if you have if you have a big meal of junk food you uh, you know you 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 go for that because it's convenient and it's tasty and it's enticing, you know, it's, it's really good at the time, but then, you know, you kind of, you you feel a bit gross afterwards Mm. um, when you realize what's in your body. (laughs) Um, And of course the long-term impact of, if you keep going back to junk food is, is terrible for your body. Mm. Um, But it's, it's like that with, Sex, you know, sex is all about intimacy and bonding with one another, of feeling uh, loved for and cared for. Um, and so, uh, and God's designed that within the marriage framework, you know, sex is designed to, uh, to build on that intimacy that's uh, committed to in, in marriage. Mm. And so when sex is taken out of that context then it's not surprising that it's going to be going to go wrong for us um, you know and so for porn it's that kind of that hit of intimacy which we are designed for but um, it's not the place to find it that's not going to be satisfying like we want it to be.
0: Mm. yeah and it's kind of understanding the relational nature of God and the relational nature that he's designed us for porn goes against those things like God's designed us to interact with one another and uh, marriage and sex are kind of a part of that representation of how, um, of, of the intimacy and the relationalness of God. And so porn just kind of flies in the face of all of those things of, of how God has made us and how God um, works. And so it kind of, it sort of ruins, it ruins the purpose in, in what it does. It kind of, yeah, like you say, it's a shortcut that's a junk food equivalent of something that's i don't know healthy foods kind of people don't like healthy food but like the, the really good healthy nourishing meal that god has yeah. designed for instead i guess
1: that's right and as we continue on through our story you know the next part of the, the next chapter of the story is literally the fall where we go against what we you know we, we go with what we think is the right way to go for life and reject what god thinks um and which leads to estrangement from one another and judgment from god and that's played out in our sexual lives, mm. you know. Now, as we continue to to go against how God has made us, mm. um, which is what you're saying, you know, that we're not going to get the intimacy that we're designed for going to porn, even though it feels like we get mm. it at the time.
0: Yeah, and I think the next part of the story is what's really important, and really important in our discussions on porn is actually it doesn't end with, oh no, everything sucks, we've fallen, we've made mistakes, we we've done the wrong thing. The next part of the story is God does something about that and saves us. And um, that's where Jesus comes into the picture. Um, and we get the good news of the gospel that these terrible things that we've done um, and these uh, mistakes that we've made don't have to define us mm. and don't have to define our value because yeah. we can turn to Jesus and find forgiveness for those things um, and hope. For a, a transformed life that helps us to live for God. Hey, that's our thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's such a such a, a trap with porn. We can think that because, oh, because it's so hard to get out of, we can think oh, I must be so worthless because I keep going mm. back to it. I know it's not what God wants. I know it's bad for me, but I keep returning to it. And we can feel so so devalued in that point. Mm. Now, yes, we need to feel that conscience and um and use that to go okay here's where i need to repent and turn from from sin but we mustn't let it affect our value mm. our value is not fi- found in our our performance of obedience our value is found on what god has given up so that we could be his mm. and he's given up his son jesus mm. uh, so we need to keep looking to the cross to see you know, that's where my value is mm. not in how i'm going with porn mm. yeah so we can look back to the cross but we can also sort to of look forward to the future um,
0: when God will restore all things and will be perfect. And so we can have hope that there'll be a day where porn won't be any kind of struggle for us anymore because we will be perfect and we'll be renewed. Um, and that's something we can look, look towards mm-hmm. as well so we can look back at the past and see... No, we're forgiven for these mistakes and we can look forward to the future and go, there will be a day when this won't be a struggle for me in any way anymore.
1: Yeah, which is a wonderful thing to look forward to. Uh, but of course, we need to live for God today Yeah, and now. And so let's have a, a bit of a chat on, okay, well, how can we live for God knowing that porn is a struggle for so many of us? what should we do what should we have in our heads what should we have in our hearts how uh, how can we live for god in this yeah i guess that's the million
0: dollar question in a in an issue that's so complicated like this one like what what do we do how do we how do we work this out i think um there's a lot of books written on porn that you can go and read and we can recommend some resources that will be helpful and interesting but i think in some ways those things have um, a limited amount of helpfulness for you if you're struggling and, there, and there's plenty of other things that are much more helpful. In some ways, a start is something like this podcast, actually starting a discussion and talking about it and making it something that, um, we don't normalize it as a thing, but we normalize the fact that people struggle with it and we kind of make everyone aware that it's really common that people struggle with this um, and that, yeah, you're not alone in that struggle. Um, It's something that most people have struggled with at some point.
1: Yeah, and so I think part of the, a bigger part of the solution, if what porn is trying to give you is intimacy if that's kind of the the lure that um uh, you know it's that, that excitement and that feeling that um you get um if that's what porn, porn's trying to give you then well part of the solution is okay where do i find intimacy where do i find relationship that is lasting and so if uh if porn's an issue for you uh do all that you can to be in relationship with other people and i'm not saying necessarily with a girlfriend or boyfriend but uh Go for genuine community, Mm. you know, get out of your room and hang out with friends or uh, get out of your room and, and, you know, sit down and chat with your parents or watch TV with your parents or something. Um, Don't go for the fake. Mm. Go to the go for where you can find Mm. uh, genuine community Mm. with others. Uh, And that will make porn less appealing And also, it's just a helpful way of going. Okay, no, if I'm tempted for intimacy, let's let me try and find it in a a more Mm. uh, relational way. Yeah, I
0: think everyone kind of knows that point is deeply isolating. I think struggling Mm. with sin in general is. Mm can be really isolating, um, but porn particularly, it's something that really isolates people. And so seeking out those relationships really helps to break that that feeling of isolation that it brings on um, and actually build a, a more solid sense of community around you that will will kind of break that isolating hold and the shame cycle that you mm. kind of go through in porn of I feel ashamed for watching porn and I feel terrible at myself, so I'm gonna watch porn to distract myself and feel better and then I feel ashamed again. Um, going out and finding those relationships is a helpful a break in that in that cycle.
1: And so that and that will take honesty. Mm. That will take disclosure. And you don't need to broadcast it to the world. But to find those one or two people that you can be brutally honest with, and going, I know this is a problem for me. Um, I know it's bad. I know God doesn't want me to do it, but I keep doing it. And I almost want and I almost want to like mm. you know have that conversation with someone. And it's you know, part of the, one of the great blessings of being in ministry is I've had that conversation um, mm. or many conversations with heaps and heaps of people who are wrestling with this. And they, and I really value uh, those people and those relationships mm. because we get to talk about something that's really personal and really hard mm. and to uh, see how we can keep pointing each other to Jesus mm. um, instead of uh, returning to sin. Yeah, so having people who can help keep
0: you accountable is one of the most helpful things you can do, tell someone and talk about it with them and get them to help you and come alongside you in this struggle.
1: Yeah, and that's partly um, accountability in terms of Barriers, which I'll get to in a minute, you know, Mm. things that will slow you down. Um, But also just to be really close friends with or to to be able to share deep things and Mm. to feel that friendship intimacy. Mm. uh, That's partly how to. So you've got somewhere to turn to Mm. rather than running to the intimacy or fake intimacy of porn. You can run to another source of intimacy Mm. in other people. Mm. But also because it's an addiction, anything that will slow you down to... um, To porn will be helpful. Mm. So to put in some practical things uh, are are really helpful Mm. because if you you know if if the if the porn highway or the highway leading to porn is wide and fast, you want as many off ramps as you can. You want to put in as many off ramps as you can, so you've got the option of Mm. getting off the highway towards it. So uh, now again, this is probably better to work out. You know one-on-one conversation in terms of what might be helpful for you but recognizing okay, what are the triggers for you in terms of is it when you look at a particular form of social media or um, if you've been in a particular place like at the beach or something or um, you've been reading a particular article or if you're if it's late at night when you're bored or if it's when you're alone with your phone you know wor- working out what the, the situation is or the trigger is and then doing whatever you can to obviously mm. mitigate that situation mm. so to to go, okay, I'm going to leave my phone in the kitchen overnight or I'm going to work on my laptop in a public place, so like in the dining room so that Mm. others can see my screen. Putting up internet filters on your phone um, are just, you know, there will always be ways to get around it, but they're just things to make you slow down and go, okay, is this what I actually want to do Mm. as I seek to live for God? I think it's important in those things to think as well like these things are actually going to be difficult to
0: implement and in some cases <laughs> and costly are, yeah are going to make your life harder yeah, like that's right. blocking things on your phone will sometimes stop you from getting to normal websites that aren't porn and be really frustrating but you actually have to think about like is this like am i really on board with fixing this problem and trying to get rid of this as a habit and am i going to do what it takes to actually help change these habits and fix these things like you know jesus doesn't beat around the bush when he says you know if your hand causes you to sin chop it off like that's that's a huge analogy not meaning literally to chop off your hand but saying like this is going to take effort and be difficult and hard and so you actually have to be on board with it even if it is difficult for you to to put these things in place and it makes your life harder um is your priority godliness and seeking to live a godly life or trying to make your life easy, I guess.
1: That's right. Yeah, you've got to go against the easy, the quick, the um, the, the the quick pleasure uh, to if you genuinely want to live for God in this area. Mm. But also, I think a really helpful view is. But I think one of the big ways of living for God in this area is to genuinely use the resources that God has given us. Obviously, I've talked about Christian community at first, but also God's given us his Holy Spirit. He has saved us to be a people, uh, to be his holy people. And so if God is actually working in your life, and if you are genuinely wanting to please him, then we should expect to see Christian victories. We should expect to see holiness victories in our lives. And so often when it comes to porn, we can get so, we can feel so defeated or feel like, oh, once I start thinking about it, then there's, then there's you know, no point in resisting. I'm just going to do it and get out of the way. We can feel like there's no hope or it's just inevitable. But that's not what God has saved us for. And that's not, uh, that's not recognizing the power of God's Holy Spirit to change us and to say no to ungodliness, as we read in Titus. Mm. And so what uh, what's helpful and what other Christians can help you remember is God is there and he is transforming you. So remember that. Don't think it's inevitable and go no, okay, God has given me all that I need to say no to sin mm. in all areas, but you know particularly in porn, um, so that to go okay, victory over sin is not is not not thinking about it. Mm. So I think we can often go, okay, I've had this this thought about okay, I want to look at porn, I want to go for lust in this area, and we go oh, okay, that's uh, it's game over. Mm-hmm. But we can think it's game over. There's actually no victory is even having those thoughts and then going no, by the Holy Spirit, I want to live for God, and so let me let's uh, you know let me go and do I don't know five push-ups instead, or let me go and play a video game, or oh let me um, uh, go for a walk around my house and then back just to do something else as other than um, going down the highway towards porn, mm. and I think in some ways it's also important to note that um,
0: this is an addiction. Like, and in some ways, like you might need extra professional help to deal with this addiction. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it just like an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction. Like, you may actually need some professional help to help you get over this. Um, and thinking that you can just kind of pray it away might might not change that. And so. Um, there comes a point where actually thinking, okay, maybe I do actually need to go and get some professional help from an addiction counsellor to help me deal with these things and figure out how um, I can get over these uh, these addictions and and break that cycle um, might be something really helpful for you to think about.
1: And uh, As you are probably hearing, it's all very difficult mm. and it's all very personal. And so partly that's why you need to be open with one or two other people so that you can start talking these things through and going okay how am i feeling unworthy how am i feeling powerless where are the contexts where it's happening more am i actually up for this fight am i Mm. open to resisting or am i just willing am i I not willing to do that that's a discussion to be had in community Mm. with um one or two other people Mm. and so you know if you're part of the 645 community obviously simon or i um are people you can come and talk Mm. to or if you've got a growth group leader or a uh, someone else, a friend, who uh, you feel you can talk these things through, then then do it. Take that step to um, a help you solve the problem, but also you solve it by creating a relationship that um, mm. will build that intimacy that you're seeking for. So with porn, yes, the consequences are bad, and it will have a big impact on you and your relationships. And I know you don't want that. I know you want to think rightly about mm. about other people I know you you know if you end up getting married you, you want a marriage that is fulfilling and you know porn might impact that um, you want to live the way that God has made you to live uh, but if you're wrestling opponents you know how hard it is and so part of how God helps us walk a life for him is to walk it in community with others so being open with uh, some people uh, to help you along the way, Mm. uh, to recognize where you struggle and put up barriers there and to have confidence that no, God can win this in your life, Mm. um, by you saying no, when you're tempted, Mm. um, that can be done. And there are people out there who'd love to walk that road with you. Yeah. Back to the gospel, the forgiveness there, the future
0: ahead, that God has a restoration and in the meantime, struggle with others. Right, well now we have the either dreaded or much anticipated return of the blank space segment.
1: Depends on which perspective you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, if
0: you are coming from the guy who won it or the guy who lost. Although I have to say, coming up from being quite behind to having to get a tiebreaker was quite satisfying. It's almost as good as a victory. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's what I tell myself anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but we're back to t- being tired.
0: Yeah, so we are both zero zero. 0 <laughs> So we'll see what happens will it be just a repeat of last season will I go out in front or will it be even and then they'll buy the whole way through we'll we'll find out
1: we'll find out let's get into it yeah okay I'll ask you the first question sure so we're looking at oh, what's the category things and places mm-hmm. no events and places I should keep these on the poster anyway events and places all right mm-hmm. here we go what was the fourth plague God sent upon Egypt Ooh. Okay, I have to try to remember it in, in order. It's generally what you do if there's a placing to
0: have it. like I can list them all off. But if I can remember them specifically. Blood, gnats, flies, livestock, frogs. Oh, frogs is frogs first. F- frogs, blood, gnats. And gnats and flies are the same one. That's the thing I always get confused by. I'm going mean, to go gnats.
1: No, it's not one of those two. It is flies. Oh, it so was the one that I discounted. Were, yes, that's right. They are different plagues. That's, that's very... Flies th- is. Well, we've started off with me not going with my gut. Well, the good news is we're still tied. The, no one is losing at this point. Uh, where did the outpouring of the Holy Spirit first take place? So, in Acts, in Jerusalem.
0: Yes, you are correct.
1: Great. So us have go. Didn't need to be more specific. Um, where was Jesus sitting when his disciples asked him, what will be the sign of your coming? I feel like where was he sitting is a confusing <laughs> one. Also, you saying I had a chance, of it gave me hope that it was going to be just a really easy one. Well, I only glanced at the question, and so having actually read the question, <laughs> it's, it's I was like, ooh, that is genuinely hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's very
0: specific. So he could be sitting at a table by the road, by a gate.
1: like. It, it's a locationally based question right it's 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 not like on a bench it's what what location i'll be i'll be kind in season two <laughs>
0: at least for
1: this question in a in a boat well you're wrong either way uh it's on the mount of olives uh but that would have been a good other guess to make yeah I feel like
0: they're the common places boats
1: or so it's look, it's still close after round one of hey, blank space for season two. I was doing another question. question. Oh, it may not be close. Okay. Always forget Sorry. that you have a second question. <laughs> um, okay,
0: another another location of Jesus question. Mm-hmm. Where was in Jesus the and the disciples when the Pharisees complained about their Sabbath behaviour?
1: It's possible the answer's in a synagogue, but I reckon it's in a field. Don't assume we are specific. Maybe. I think it's in a cornfield.
0: Oh, that made it worse. A wheat field? <laughs> Look, I feel like I could give it to you for field. It's in the grain fields. Corn is a grain? I mean, if, <laughs> if corn was the one you were locking in, then I wouldn't give it to you because that's more wrong than grain fields. But you did correct with wheat. We've got no Josh to arbitrate.
1: No. Look, I think a field is pretty good.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'll, I'll, um, I'll be generous.
1: Thank you and give that to you. If the the Mount of Olives was a lake, I might have pushed you there to be a bit more specific. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I should have, yeah, so they were in a a field getting grain. Yeah, they were peeping their heads of grain and and the Pharisees were like, no, what are you doing there? Yeah, I feel
0: like that was easier than where was Jesus when he asked about a sign.
1: Absolutely, yes. Once again,
0: Anton, getting the easier questions. Look,
1: I... That's just what is preordained.
0: So, Anton, you um, are on two, and I am
1: on zero. That's
0: right. What a um, surprising start! Yeah, uh,
1: look, look, but I take nothing for granted after what happened in the final episode last time. So I still, like, I do better when we do like multiple
0: questions in a row. That's mm-hmm. why I did well when we played the game, and that's why I did well when we did it in trivia. So, okay, I think I'm disadvantaged. I'll prepare. I'll
1: prepare for a comeback towards the end. That was blank space. Well, we have kicked off season two of the Six Forty Five pod. Great to have you with us. Uh, Please subscribe on whatever podcast app you're using so that you can uh, never miss out on an episode. And next week in particular, we are looking at decision making. So that's going to be an interesting one. It's so great. Thinking about how to make decisions for God. Um, I really um, think things were really valuable thinking through, okay, if we've got choices and we have lots of them. Yeah. How do we do the will of God?
0: Yeah, and we have to make a lot of decisions in our modern age. I feel like it's we're just crippled by choice, so it's helpful
1: of the things are. Yeah, join us then at yeah. the Six Thirty Five Pod.